0: Comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. The world we know is gone. No Netflix, no iPads, no Instagram, no podcasts.
1: Happy New Year, everybody, and welcome to episode 80 of the Walking Dead TV podcast. I'm Jordan from Jersey, a.k.a. Dr. Esquire, and I'm joined tonight by Russell Latham and Jim Dietz. How you guys doing? Well, pretty good, I guess. Texans won today.
0: Just dealing with the aftermath of the uh, the apocalypse. I, I really think it was kind of overrated. You know, everybody was, oh, the apocalypse, oh, and, I mean, I barely got anything. You know, there was a little extra dust on my car. That was it. Yeah, so, um, a
1: bit overblown. So it's been a long time since we done, we've done an episode, and we do apologize about that. But like we said, we had the holidays and well, the apocalypse to deal with. So you know, it, it took a while to get back on the horse. But we're here tonight. We're going to be talking some news. We're going to be playing some of your voicemails. We're going to hold the emails for their own show to do uh, to do feedback for the final episode of part one of the season. But we will certainly get to them. And uh, we have plenty of stuff to talk about. So what do you say we get right to it, guys?
0: Sounds good, man. Let's roll.
1: Alright, so the first and probably biggest piece of news concerning the TV show is uh, Walking Dead has been officially picked up for Season 4 by AMC. That's the good news. On the bad news, or the meh news, depending on how you want to look at it, uh, Glenn Mazera will be leaving the show after Season 3. He, of course, picked up as showrunner from Darabont uh, in the, in, uh, halfway through Season 2, and uh, so he has been in control all of this season. And I think generally we liked what he did better than what Darabont was doing. He just seemed to have a better feel for television. But he'll he will uh, he'll be leaving the show after this season, it, from at least from the official word. It was a mutual decision between he and AMC. We don't really know what went on behind the scenes, but it doesn't seem nearly as uh, <laughs> as uh, angry as, as the Darabont one was. So uh, what do you guys think?
0: I think it's another example of uh, AMC holding onto the purse strings a little too tight. Um, my guess, and you know, I have no inside information or what have you on this, but my guess is that he was given a different, a better offer by probably some higher tier network like maybe HBO, Showtime, something like that. Uh, AMC is notorious for for putting on you know these quality shows on on shoestring budgets a lot of the time. Um, I mean, we you know we saw the budget cuts at the beginning of the third season, and that would be my guess is that he was offered a better, a better, bigger project with a higher budget and another
2: well he's it's funny he's come out and said flat out that he had a disagreement with direction of the show so i wonder if his disagreement with direction wasn't the network but with kirkman i wonder if him and kirkman just kind of weren't seeing eye to eye on what was going on because they've been very uh it seemed like the darabont stuff was a lot more prominent a lot more in the media and this has been it was kind of like one big announcement we haven't heard a lot from anybody else, and then it's just kind of uh, fizzled.
1: Yeah.
0: But the good—I mean, at least we'll get uh, the end of the third season with Misara at the helm, uh, before we get a new showrunner.
1: Right. I mean, I, I say this—you know—don't become Chicken Littles, everybody. The sky is not falling down. Everybody freaked out when Darabont left, and oh, the show's going to be terrible. And I think most of us agree it was better after he left, Glenn uh, Mazzara did a great job, and you know what, he did a great job, but that doesn't mean someone else can't do an equally good, if not better job uh, taking over from him, and I don't, I don't think we have an official word on who will be the showrunner for season 4 going forward, but uh, you know, it, it, it's not one person in charge, Yes, he is the showrunner but, you know, a TV show is made up of a lot of moving parts, and yes, a showrunner can impact that quite a bit, but it's not like everything falls apart the moment they leave, as evidenced by when uh, when Darabont left and Mazera took over, so You know, I I still have uh, high hopes for Series 4. And, uh, yeah, I'm not getting ready to throw my hat in the ring anytime soon. That's the wrong metaphor, isn't it? (laughs) This
2: didn't really throw me off the wrong way, to be honest with you, because, like you said, Jordan, we all kind of freaked out a bit with Darabont. We thought maybe AMC, you know, had been smoking something funny or whatever. And things turned out just fine. So, you know, Kirkman... You know, one of the things, too, that happened in Season 3 is I think Kirkman, and probably the end of Season 2, really, as well, Kirkman became more prominent in the writer's room, from what I understand. I mean, I think he, in the first season, he he fully wrote, I think, one show. And I think for season, at least the second half of Season 2, and then for Season 3, he's become more prominent with the writing. So I don't know if that's had something to do with it as well. You know, none of us are in the room, so it's kind of hard to say, But, but I'm... Yeah, I'm right, not. Right. Uh, I'm not freaked out by this. I mean, I'm a. I'm a little sad because I think, I, you know, I do think Lemazar was doing a good job. Um, and everybody was very positive of him. I, I know just watching like Talking Dead and looking at interviews online, the cast, the crew, uh, a lot of folks were really happy with his uh, ability and what he was doing with the show. But you know, this th- these things happen all the time on television. I mean, look what happened. Uh, You know, completely different show. But look what happened with Smallville when Galfin Miller left. You know, everybody thought the world was going to come to an end and the show was going to fall off the rails. And that's when it really started. They brought Johns in. It started to get steeped in a little more of the D.C. continuity. Um, And it actually turned out to be a pretty fun show the last uh, three seasons. So, uh,
1: you know, you just never know with these things sometimes. And another point I'd like to make, I think I made this on the Facebook group, which you can, of course, find by going to Facebook and searching for Walking Dead TV Podcast, joining the conversation there. But TV shows change uh, change showrunners all the time. It is not a rare occurrence at all. But for some reason, when it happens with a genre show, uh, you know, be sci-fi, fantasy, any of that kind of stuff, it, it becomes this huge news story. If it happens for CSI or one of the 47 um, NCIS shows... You never hear about it, you know. It's a it's a small blurb, and nobody cares because, well, for the most part, the people who watch those shows don't know who the showrunners are or care. But like I said, this happens all the time across all shows on all networks, and usually it's not a big deal. The shows continue on as they were more or less, and no one bats an eye. So I, I kind of wish, in a way, that you know, fans of genre shows would treat it the same way with the shows they love. And in a sense, yes, we do get attached to creators because, you know, we like to trumpet them just like the writers of comic books or the directors of movies. But life goes on. This just happens.
0: Yeah, and I I think uh, because the show is so popular right now, it's really under a magnifying glass. Every single thing that's going to happen on the show is going to end up in the papers, in the news, and in the media, and something to be talked about because of the vast popularity of the show. So, um I mean, it's a testament to how many people are interested, but again, you know, Jordan makes a very good point. Um, we, we should just wait and see, you know, what happens. At the, and like I said, we still have eight more uh, episodes to go on in season three with Mizar at the helm before we even have to change.
1: Absolutely. And I cannot wait for the second half of the season. Uh, before we get on to the listener feedback and all the rest of our news, Russ, why don't you tell our final listeners about our sponsor?
2: I will. Well, our sponsor today, as always, is Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService dot com, where you could save tons of money on your comic books, um, trade paperbacks, hardcovers, toys, t-shirts, all kinds of goodies. Um, and the January orders are up, and uh, this month is the free Comic Book Day ordering, which is really cool to do. So, as most, if some of you don't know, um, in May, uh, comic shops do what they call Free Comic Book Day. Across the country, most comics allow you to take anywhere from 1 to 10 uh, free comic books uh, that they put out in hopes to, to kind of gain more sales. Um, it's a really cool thing to take part in. It's, it's kind of gaining momentum over time. One thing to note, though, is the comic books are not free to the retailers. Uh, there is a small expense that they go through to get those in and give those to you folks that, that come in the door. Um, but DCBS, if you order that month, allows you to pick out free five comic books and this month, uh, coincidentally, there is a F- Walking Dead Free Comic Book Day edition, which is something pretty new to Free Comic Book Day. They've been doing it for many years now, and this is the first time I can recall in The Walking Dead's history that they actually have a book uh, in, in the fold for this. Uh, so be sure, be sure to t- check it out and take advantage of that.
1: And that book contains the uh, Michonne short story, her kind of backstory, that has only so far been printed in Playboy. It's never been printed in comic form. That's Uh, It also has a Tyrese short story and another one, I believe. Her story has been printed before in comic form?
2: Yeah, they did a Michonne special that came out last month. And funny enough, it's it's up for reorder
1: uh, this month. Then the news article I read lied to me. How dare you, news article? The Michonne special
2: is uh, available... To order again, um, it's really cool. I did pick it up. It reprints her first appearance in the Walking Dead comic. It reprints the Playboy um, article in it as well. There is also this month a Governor special um, that's fifty percent off. So instead of paying two ninety nine, you'll pay one forty nine. Uh, the Walking Dead compendium, which uh, we talk about all the time, the first forty eight issues of the Walking Dead is being solicited again at 40% off so it's only 35.99. So 35.99 for 48 issues of The Walking Dead. It's a crazy deal. I cannot recommend it enough. For current issues, Walking Dead 108 uh, is on sale for 40% off at 179 and the number 3 of The Walking Dead magazine, um, you can get it for pre-order at 25% off for 7.49. So great great deals. Um, also with DCBS, if you happen to have your order late and I I can witness uh, bear witnesses firsthand somehow i forgot to place my november order and when i went to do my december order and i sent them the spreadsheet sent them a little note and they were awesome they placed my order they're going to do everything in their power um, to get me all those issues even though they are currently shipping right now so just outstanding customer service Um, if you use the code wd8 you can save an extra eight percent on your first month's order Um, please please um, visit them at their website w uh, dcbservice.com we thank them for their support
1: very cool. Thank you, Russ. Uh, I believe we have two voicemails. Why don't you play one of them for us now?
3: Hey, I just want to say I am really happy about where the show is and where it's going, but I do understand the concerns of the the caller you guys had in the show today about maybe things are moving a little too fast, especially since you guys said we're on volume 8 of the comic book, which I have not read. But I, I do think there is a lot of material to tap into. Like, I would like to know a little bit more about You know how the group got reunited from the highway after the Atlanta napalm, and my guess is those zombies, anything that didn't burn up in the city was flowing outside of the city and probably attacked that highway group. And I would like to see a little more in there. I think you could dedicate a whole episode to that highway and how Dale and Andrea and Amy all got pulled together. I'm assuming Dale pulled them into the Winnebago as, as things started breaking down, and um, and Rick clearly, I mean, Shane pulled everyone probably together and got them off the highway to that campsite, and I think there's a lot of story to tell there, and it would be a, a good excuse to bring back Shane, Lori, and all those characters to give one last hurrah. I would love to see that. To me, that would be cool, but I just want to say I appreciate all the work you guys do. Thanks for the good work, and I can't wait till February. Thank you.
1: He left a name, but uh, we we do appreciate that. And um, we talked a little bit about flashbacks. Uh, you want to reiterate, guys, how you feel about flashback episodes as a possibility?
2: I'm fine with it if that's what they decide to do. I don't have a problem with a flashback. I think as the as the series moves on, I think it's going to be harder and harder for them to do that, just because cast is going to float in, cast is going to float out. Um, And it's going to logistically, I imagine it's going to be tougher to to do that. But I'd be I'd be fine if they just took a break. If if they could somehow tie it back to the events currently going on, I would be fine with them backing up a little bit and telling us, you know, more about what happened in those early days. Uh, So I guess we'll just have to wait and see, see what that is. But uh, I don't want to see it where it's a continual thing where they they lean on it as a crutch.
1: Yeah, I mean, like uh, I think I said this before, flashbacks don't really bother me, although I'd prefer more further more me- momentum. Uh, what I'd be more inter- interested to see, though, is, you know, yes, they've burned through a lot of story. They're almost, I don't think they're actually quite to volume eight, but they're right about to where it begins in the show. I'd probably be more interested in seeing them bring in more original stories. And, you know, they've peppered them in here and there uh, alongside the comic stuff or twisting the comic stuff to, to make it slightly different. But I'd be perfectly fine with them doing a storyline, a season, a half a season that's completely new and there's no reason they can't do that. So the idea of them burning through the story, which so far is finite, although growing, doesn't really bother me. There's always new stories to tell. They don't have to be the same ones we've already heard.
0: Even at the the ratio they're going now, say they are on uh, trade eight or what have you, you know, volume eight of the the comic, we're in the, the near the end of the third season. Uh, we just got uh, volume seventeen, I believe, wasn't it, of uh, the tra- of the Walking yeah. Dead comic? So that gives us at least three more seasons of, of things. But we even have to worry about uh, you know, whether they're going to come up with new things or, or whether they're going to run out of ideas. So we still have a lot of story to tell, even if they are running at, at a really fast pace.
1: So let's get to our second news story. We'll get back to the voicemails a little later. And uh, that should be a congratulations to The Walking Dead video game from Telltale Games. Because it won Video Game of the Year from the Spike VGAs, the Video Game Awards. And those are pretty much the biggest video game awards out there. There are, of course, other ones. But it won for Game of the Year over Assassin's Creed 3, Dishonored, Journey, and Mass Effect. It also won uh, Studio of the Year, uh, Telltale Games did.
0: It's also awarded best downloadable game and uh, best character design uh, for Lee at the uh, Inside Gaming Awards this year.
1: And it and it also won from the VGAs best adapted video game and also again best uh, downloaded game, downloadable game rather, uh, which is kind of a big thing. This is the first downloadable game that has won the Spike VGAs. Never happened before, and it kind of sets a new precedent uh, and a cool one, I think.
0: Something that's also pretty cool about this game, the 360 version of the, the Walking Dead uh, video game, it has the highest aggregate score across uh, all video games of the year, uh, regardless of platform on Metacritic. I mean, it it is, a, not only is it a popular uh, game, a popular uh, a choice like with the Spike VGAs, but a lot of uh, more, you know, um, Critical, uh, uh, you know, hardcore gamers have really uh, uh, grafted to it as well. Uh, Kotaku dominated it as one of its games of the year. Geek Magazine named it Game of the Year. Uh, I know Destructoid named it as Game of the Year and Best Multiplatform Game. Uh, there was a lot of a uh, lot of really a crit- lot of great critical uh, word of mouth behind it.
1: Absolutely, and if you have not checked it out yet, if you uh, got some gift cards, you can buy Xbox Live points or PSN points uh, or anything like that for Christmas. You got a, you know, not that you, most people have a lot of money burning a hole in their pocket right after Christmas, but if you did for some reason, absolutely, it's uh, pick it up. It's not that expensive, and it is certainly worth the price if you like. Uh, if you like or can at least stand point and click adventures, which
0: I, I certainly do. And also, the game is going to be available on disc as well. The all, all five episodes on one disc. So. Right. Yeah.
1: There's also been a trailer released for the upcoming Walking Dead first-person shooter, The Walking Dead Survival Instinct, where you play as Daryl and Merle, the Dixon brothers themselves. And, and Jim, you've seen the, the trailer, so why don't you tell the fine people listening uh, what they can expect from the trailer?
0: I have, and it's it's set up as a first-person shooter uh, developed by one of Activision's internal studios, Terminal Reality. Um, and, and unlike the Walking Dead game that we already have, which is more of a an, an adventure game or point-and-click uh, game or what have you this is, but using a full first-person shooter engine. The uh, The trailer, we really didn't get to see any gameplay yet, but they have given it a name. To differentiate itself from the other video games, it's going to be called Walking Dead: Survival Instinct, and basically, it's going to be a full first-person shooter. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we don't, we haven't seen a gameplay yet, uh, but Activision, I mean, they have the Call of Duty engine at their disposal. They have a lot of uh, of know-how. Terminal Reality really isn't known for doing first-person shooters, and they are shooting for a release date of uh, twenty thirteen. So, we are supposed to see this game this year. So, it'll be interesting to see whether um, it'll be that kind of survival. Uh, first-person shooter will be able able to be adapted from, like a Call of Duty engine or a Battlefield 3 engine or what have you, and if they can get it out the door uh, quickly enough and bug-free enough that it'll be worth playing.
1: And to be clear, the, the trailer we're discussing is not an official trailer. It was put together by fans using gameplay footage that was featured on IGN, so it might be a little bit of an early build. But there is an official trailer as well, it just doesn't show any gameplay footage.
0: Right, the official trailer you can see on YouTube if you if you Google uh, Walking Dead Survival Instinct. I think it's on Activision's uh, YouTube page.
1: Right. Well, of course, Brad and John cannot be with us tonight. Uh, they're both uh, busy with some other matters. But I did want to take this time to spotlight... Brad Milo's other show, Half Hour Wasted, in the time since we put out our last Walking Dead episode, they actually put out their 300th episode, and it is a real treat, it's a lot of fun to listen to, Uh, a lot of the guys from the show actually show up, uh, as well as a lot of their listeners who called in, and so it's a lot of fun, you should definitely check it out. Meanwhile, over at the Legion of Dudes, which is, of course, the show uh, Russ, Jim, and I, as well as John and our buddy Ken do, uh, we have had recently some more fun movie episodes. We talked about uh, Superman Returns, Batman and Robin. Coming up next week will be our BS episode for the month, where we're going to talk about all kinds of fun stuff. And then we're going to be doing Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. We'll be talking about that in depth, so that should be a lot of fun as well, so check that out as well. Both Half Hour Wasted and The Legion of Dudes can be found at hhwlod.com or just go to com and click the link right up at the top of the page. You will not be disappointed, or at least we hope not.
0: If you don't like it, you can get your money back. Absolutely.
1: We also just had on Legion of Dudes our annual Duty Awards, where we talk about the best in video games, movies, television shows, and comics, so you can hear what we thought. And we actually had all of our listeners on that show vote this year, so that was pretty cool. As well as Half Hour Wakes did an episode where they talked about uh, our awards, and they voted themselves, so that was pretty fun to listen to. If you're looking for new stuff to check out in video games, movies, television, or, of course, comics, which is our forte, give those shows a listen. You'll find some new stuff that's really cool, and all the dudes can agree it's awesome and worth reading, watching, or listening to. Russ, why don't you play that other voicemail for us now?
2: Will do. This one's a little longer, uh, so here we go.
4: Hey, guys, it's Meg from Poughkeepsie. I just listened to your podcast for Made to Suffer, loved the show, um, because I also loved the episode Made to Suffer, and I think I wrote on Twitter that I gave it five Merle's fingers. If he had more fingers, I would have given it more. It was a great episode. But one of the things that disturbed me about the episode, or at least made me puzzle, was What the heck happened to Michonne that made her so mad at the governor? Um, And I kind of thought that you guys were going to talk about that. Why is she all gunning for him or knifing for him? Um, In the comic book, she's, you know, it's clear why she would want him dead. We know that. I mean, it was horrible what happened to her, but nothing like that happened to her or to Andrea or to anybody else in her sight except for that he's a weirdo and he keeps walkers in a, you know, a locked area. Um, And so what I wonder too, like, it's just her intuition, you know, it's just weird. The other, the one thing that I did notice is that the only one who said anything out loud about this weirdness was Andrea. She said, like, what has gotten into you? What is wrong with you? Or something like that. So, You know, I know you guys cap on Andrea, and I don't totally love Andrea, but I think I'd like to see her uh, not die and become better and use her sharpshooting and um, perhaps kill the governor. I'd rather not have the governor around, because I would like him to be more sinister, and I think he's just kind of wimpy and, you know, he was a crybaby. Anyway, love your show, and uh, take care.
1: Thank you, Meg from Poughkeepsie. Uh, well, a couple issues there. I guess the first would be um, Michonne's reasoning for going back to the governor. And she's absolutely right. In, in the comic, there is a clear <laughs> and uh, you can't really argue with her position in the comic. There's a reason why she wants him dead. And she's, I think, totally justified in wanting him dead in in the show. uh, She's got mostly her intuition, but she also does have the knowledge that he sent three men to track her down and kill her. And while that's not as good of a reason as she had in the comics, uh, I don't think it's necessarily a bad one. You know, put on the fact, above the fact that he's just a bad guy in general, he specifically uh, had an order put out to have her killed. I'd probably be pretty sick too. Uh, what do you guys think?
0: Yeah, I wouldn't take too kindly to that.
2: The motivation is with Michonne on why, uh, you know, she she has it gunning for the governor. I think, I think in looking at some of the... the The Facebook stuff right after the show, I think some folks kind of forgot that, uh, you know, she had Merle and crew go out to kill her. um, And so that's why she's so crazy. I mean, she was always a little maybe um, unjustified or slightly unjustified in her suspiciousness and everything from the get go. And part of it may be that we just don't know enough about her character to understand what her motivations are for that. I mean, we don't know what she's been through in this show prior to that that would make her so suspicious. Um, so it's, it's it's hard to say. But, yeah, it w- didn't bother me at all that she uh, she came back and was gunning for him.
1: The other issue I find interesting, um, and, and she brings up with Andrea, that Andrea was the only one to ask, why are you so upset? I And Meg didn't have the problem with Andrea, but a lot of people have where they say, how could Andrea possibly be so blind as to everything that's going on? And at the same time, we have other people, not necessarily the same people, saying, why in the world would, uh, why in the world does Michonne assume all these things are going on when she doesn't have evidence? And in a lot of ways, I would liken it to, uh, The Dark Knight Rises in many ways, or at least Batman mythology in general, but definitely The Dark Knight Rises where, and this is mild spoilers for, uh, a part of the movie that happens, like, half an hour in, so just warning you, but you know everybody goes how in the world does joseph gordon levitt's character figure out who batman is and at the same time they go how in the world does jim gordon not figure out who batman is and i find that dichotomy interesting where it's and and part of it is the reasoning behind why these characters figure these things out or assume them but that we will accept certain things from certain characters but the same things in reverse we get bothered by from other characters and i just find that interesting
0: I also think that, that uh, David Morrissey, the way he is playing the governor so far, I mean, I know um, um, Megan made a um, remark about the governor being kind of wimpy and not sinister enough. I think now, after the uh, you know quote-unquote terrorist insurgents we had in the final episode of the first half of the third season, that uh, we're going to see a little bit more of that ruthlessness and a little more of that viciousness uh, that we know from the governor uh, from the comic, I think.
1: And on terms of him being a crybaby, I would probably be in tears, too, if I got stabbed in the eye with a piece of glass. But hopefully I will never find out.
0: Hopefully you never will.
1: <laughs> Here's hoping.
0: But uh, I think uh, you know, the, a more vicious governor, a more ruthless governor, I think is on the way. I think uh, we're just going to have to sit tight and, and see the second half of the third season to see see more of that.
1: And speaking of which, uh, they've released two new trailers. Well, one trailer and one scene, rather, from the next episode of Season 3 uh, on AMCTV.com. And I believe also one of them is on YouTube, if not both. But uh, I, I definitely got the sense of a little bit more sinisterness from the governor in what I saw from those. A little bit more ruthlessness, some more gung-ho attitude. And uh, at least from what I saw, no crying. So, good sign.
2: Yeah, I I agree with you guys. I, I take this... Uh softer side quote unquote of the governor is just being, they're taking a little more time to develop his character. I'm assuming they're taking a little more time to, uh, you know, to get it, to let us get to know this character a little better and, and see a bigger character arc. I've said it before. I have no foreknowledge of this, no concrete anything, but I think the governor is going to be one of those characters that's going to be around for at least a couple seasons. Um, and I think if they go too hard, too fast with him, then he just becomes so one-note that to drag him on as a character acting that way just gets a little
0: old. Plus, it's more understandable why Andrea would believe him or be with him or, or, or want to side with him, because we see a more sympathetic side uh, of the character than we would if he was just ruthless as he was in the comic.
2: Yeah, I I kind of gave my thoughts on that last episode as well. Uh, and, and a lot of it just had to do with hearing Robert Kirkman's own words from The Talking Dead and just that, you know, Andrea so wants to have this place to fit in to believe that she's willing to be somewhat blinded by obvious things, uh you know, just to just to have that normalcy, you know, back in her life after after all the craziness that she's been through. So uh, I, I that, you know, and and I, I take that, you know, again, came straight from the horse's mouth. So I tend to take it uh, for for. For that, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't really bother me.
1: So, coming up on Walking Dead TV, we're, of course, like I said earlier, going to do an episode all from your feedback with all the emails we've gotten in uh, from this first half of the season that we haven't gotten to yet. We're also, at least Jim, Russ, and I, and possibly some other friends, we're not sure yet, will be doing another Breaking Mad episode. We did one of these a while back where we talk about Breaking Bad and uh, Mad Men, the other two flagship shows from AMC, which all three of us enjoy uh, quite a bit particularly breaking bad and and mad men is a close second for me so we'll be talking about those shows in general and also some of the stuff that's happened since we've done our first breaking mad show so that should be pretty fun and we hope you stick around for that as well so since we're going to be doing that feedback episode coming up you can of course always get more voicemails and more emails in before we record it jim why don't you tell the fine people how they can get in contact with us
0: you can leave us a voicemail at 516 Four six eight seven nine one two, and let us know uh, in your voicemail what you thought of the se- first half of the third season, or what you'd like us to do, or what you think of The Walking Dead, or zombies, or whatever. And as you can tell, you'll probably get it played on the show because we played two voicemails on this very show right here. So we listen to them, we love them. Please send us a voicemail. You can also send us an email to comments at walkingdeadtv.com. Uh, you can also check out uh, our our Facebook group, which is very vocal. You can follow us on Twitter, at Podcast and at HHWLOD underscore network for all of our fine programming.
1: So until there's no more room in hell in the dead walk of the earth, remember, come on people, Bruce Wayne is Batman. It's obvious. Have a good week, everybody.
2: It's so on.
1: Podcast, I'm Jordan from Jersey, a.k.a. Dr. A.k.a. Dr. Esquire, and I'm
2: uh, quick, quick edit. I guess if I cut out, um, I'll let you know when I come back in. But I'll just keep pushing through it because I'm just, I'm just all up today. I don't know what.
1: To... Yeah, no problem. We'll, we'll, we'll just uh, yeah, try to keep quiet. Sorry.
2: <laughs> Skype is,
1: Skype no is problem. being a bitch. All
2: right, here we go. Skype, Skype is it a cool is. bitch. All right, here we go. I will do. So here's the first voicemail, and then we'll, uh, we'll discuss it.
1: Okay, we can hear it very lightly in the background, but it's not coming through. Or he just dropped. Well, what a fun voice. Let me man. try this again.
0: Yeah, it was by a mime.
1: <laughs> he seems to be trapped in a box surrounded by zombies.
0: He's pulling on a rope that isn't there. <laughs> are
1: you guys back? Can you hear me? We are back. We never left.
2: All right. R- true. <laughs> yes. Let me let's try this again. Hopefully I can stay coherent enough so you can get this voicemail.
1: Uh coming up next week will be our uh, BS episode for this coming up uh, next coming up next week will be our BS episode for the month.
0: Are you back, Russ?
1: Nope. No! <laughs> <laughs>
0: as soon as I said that it dropped. That uh, was
1: uh, Skype giving you the finger,
0: Jim. That was quite a lot of vamping you just did there, Doctor Esquire. Jim, uh
1: so uh
0: so until there's no room left in hell and the dead walk of the earth, remember.
1: See, I actually had one planned.
0: Uh, we'll go ahead then. <laughs> I, I was passing it to you. It's just right, It's written in front of me. I'm like Ron Burgundy. I have to, I have to say it.